Hello once again. Welcome back to Vox Pop, WAMC's live afternoon call and talk show. I'm Ray Graff. Do you have a website? Maybe you're an avid blogger. Do you tweet? What's the cloud? There's a lot of establishing, uh, a lot of work to be done if you're getting a web presence online. And our expert today is Cliff Rohde, and he's here to help you make sense of all of this. Cliff is owner of Goat Cloud Communication. He's passionate about the intersection of communications and technology and helps many different types of businesses, nonprofits, and individuals to thrive online. He's been deploying technology strategically to advance real-world goals since the late 1980s already and built his first website in 1996. Cliff's specialties include messaging, web design and deployment, technology coaching, online advertising, and measuring results, which is a very important part of online advertising. Now, I want to uh, issue a disclaimer here. We've done computer shows in the past, and a lot of times it's about hardware issues. So if, you, if you're having trouble networking your computer upstairs to your printer downstairs, that's not what we're doing today. Yeah, you can call a computer expert for today or till the next time we do one of those shows. This is a little different, and it's nice to have Cliff here, and we'll talk about what Cliff does at Goat Cloud in a moment. The number to call is 1-800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551. You can also post your comments at the bottom of today's show page on the Vox Pop section of our website, wamc.org slash Vox Pop, and you'll see a spot for today's program and a spot to comment there. You can comment on our wall post on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash WAMC Radio. You can tweet your questions and comments at WAMC Vox Pop or email us voxpop at wamc.org. But by all means, call if you wish, one 800 348 2551 is the number. Cliff Rohde, nice to have you here. Well, it is a treat to be here. Thanks for having me. So, you, you know, we've seen you around. You volunteer at the Fun Drives, and uh, I had no idea that you had this business, Go Cloud Communication. Tell us a little bit about what it is, how you started, and why you started it. Sure. Well, I guess to get to the why part, I have to make a little bit of a confession. The confession is that I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd who's pretty passionate about communications, or I guess you could say that I'm a creative communicator who is also happens to be a nerd. I don't know which, but whichever it is, we're really living at this sweet spot for me where communications and technology are largely one and the same in a lot of different respects. So through my company, what I do, oh, you know, I should say too that at the same time with all this technology and the changes that are happening all the time, you know, is there an aspect of, of our daily lives that is so less understood that is so tightly integrated with what we're doing every minute almost. So what I try to do at GoCloud is help people to navigate uh, that challenge that is presented by all this technology using communications. And there's more technology than most of us need. So I would, I would assume one of your first jobs is to pare down the list of things that a client would need to use. Yeah, sure. You know, you got to talk to people and find out what their goals are because there there might be some technologies that are, are worth deploying for them and there might be others that just really don't have a bearing on what they're doing. So we talked about this in the break. There are things like Pinterest, which I have an account. I don't know how you would leverage this as a business. So explain to me how, if I was a business, I would use Pinterest, for instance. Right. Well, Pinterest is a website, and uh, I guess what would be considered a social media site because there's a, a social component to it where you're you're sharing things with other people, and other people are sharing things with you. And so the but the primary item that is being shared are images. 
And so uh, if you're a business and you're, you're thinking about trying to get your product out, I don't know that it works as well with services, but, pro- but product-related, for sure. Um, you know, you could have pictures for interest of your product being used out in the public. Um, I'll tell you an interesting way that I saw Pinterest being used is uh, a, a vendor that I use quite a bit posted on their Pinterest page all of their uh, online or favorable reviews that came in. I see. But you could do that in any number of other ways. You certainly could. But, the, you know, the nice thing about Pinterest, and, and this is what you need to be thinking about general, generally if you're thinking about different types of services that you want to use is, you know, what are people using that service for? Who's going to be at that service? Um, and then also, you know, one of the advantages that um, I'm always talking about with people is that by using those outside services, it's always an opportunity to drive people back to what I kind of call the mothership, your website. Hmm. Our guest today is Cliff Rohde, and the number to call is 1-800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551. Cliff is owner of GoCloud Communication, and uh, he does all sorts of things um, since the late 80s in messaging and web design and deployment and technology coaching, online advertising, which is something that the newspapers in particular, all these print media that have had to make the jump to digital and still make money, online advertising is something that I find really interesting, and the metrics are what I find most interesting. Yeah. Uh, Online advertising, wow, it's hard to know where to begin with it because there is just so much uh, opportunity there um, and uh, so much difference really from... uh, older types of advertising. You know, that metrics is something that you bring up, it, uh, measuring what is happening with your online ads. I mean, the ability to target people is just incredible with online advertising. You know, if you're putting up a, a general ad in the newspaper, maybe somebody's going to flip through and find it or not. But, you know, when you post an ad online, uh, whether through Google or Bing or some other place. I mean, it's people who are looking for a very specific thing, and it should be that thing that you're advertising. Yes, but click-throughs are still very low, aren't they? It depends, really, on, on what it is. Um, and, you know, one of the goals, certainly, if you um, are managing an online ad campaign, is to improve what's called a click-through through rate. And what that is is... Basically, you look at the number of, of impressions, the number of times your ad has surfaced and people have seen it, and the number of times it's been clicked. Uh, you do a simple division, then you get your click-through rate. So, yes, you always want to be um, bringing that rate up. And how, how do you make money if you're in, say, the newspaper, Newspaper X in big city, who've always made a lot on print advertising? How do you make enough on w- with the volume that you need on click-throughs to make money on web ads. Yeah, you know, I think if I could answer that question, I'd be the savior of the newspaper industry. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, a lot of times they will put ads online, um, but they're kind of more display ads. Yeah. Uh, also, what newspapers will do is they buy into sort of the Google network of advertising. So the advertiser, him or herself, is actually setting up the ads through Google, but then Google places them on their uh, partners' websites. So this is an an instance, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, where where the technology has far outpaced the speed of the business model changing. Um, It could very well be. I mean, you know, newspapers are having a hard time because of that loss of advertising revenue. Um, But if you're an advertiser, you can understand why. I mean, it's kind of like a better mousetrap, I think, because you're getting your ad right in front of people who 
want to see what you're advertising. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-348-2551. Cliff Rohde is our guest, and let's go over to Mary in East Greenbush. Mary, you're first. Uh, hi. Uh, I don't know if I'm asking Cliff to evaluate his competition by asking this question, <laughs> but I wanted to get uh, his evaluation possibly of GoDaddy and GoDaddy's web builder and versus other web tools such as WordPress. As far as building your own site? Yes. Okay. Sure. That's a great question, Mary. And, um, you know, there are a lot of different ways to put a website together. <clears throat> they can start from the very basic uh, free ways to do it, and then you kind of work your way up into other services that cost some money, whether it's on an annual basis, on a monthly basis, uh, whether you're paying a service, uh, whether you're paying a vendor to put together a website for you. Um, one of the challenges that I've seen uh, with GoDaddy and some of the other website uh, alternatives like that that are out there um, Let's see, Squarespace, Weebly, Wix, Webs.com. There are a variety of them that are out there. Typically what they do is they'll charge you a certain amount a month. Usually it's not so much. Um, and then you have what's called a essentially a content management system. And boy, do I apologize for the jargon that goes along with this business. Well, that means you don't have to write the code yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Drupal um, or otherwise. Yeah. So, you know, the a content management system or CMS WordPress is another example that you mentioned, and, and, and it is different and worth pointing out as a difference. But in, in any event, those ones that you kind of pay for where you really have very little control, um, which you do in a... Um, in a system like uh, GoDaddy or some of the other web builder systems, um, I, I tend to think you don't have as much flexibility as you would have if you went the WordPress route. Mm -hmm. You want to follow up, Mary? Uh, well, um, what would maybe this would be, what would be the cost? What is the cost of hiring someone like you to, or do you actually run an entire website or take the place of the builder? You, in effect, are the builder of the website and so on? Right. There are a lot of vendors out there who will build websites for you, for sure. Typically what happens is um, with somebody who's a developer is they would charge you a fixed or flat fee to develop the website itself, and then the website is up. So that's one mm -hmm. thing. Um, anybody who's got a website has to be paying either some sort of monthly or annual amount to host the website. And then you, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're paying someone else to do it, there is some sort of charge, whether it's money or time, to maintain that website. Mm. Mary, we got to roll along here, but thank you for the call. 1-800-348-2551 is the number. Cliff Rohde is our guest. It's Vox Pop on WAMC, and we'll be back. Support for WAMC comes from Paradise Copies, Northampton, Massachusetts. Providing printing design for customers for over 20 years, from digital to offset, color copies, scans, logos, and more, paradisecopies.com. The Adirondack Council, retiring government-issued air pollution allowances to reduce power plant emissions, adirondackcouncil.org. And Walbrook School of Saratoga Springs, hosting an open house January 24th from 10 to 1, all locations open for tours, waldorfsaratoga.org.
Don't forget the fun drive kicks off, oh gosh, two weeks from Monday. It's our WAMC February Fun Drive. You can kick in now if you want at our website, WAMC.org. The lockbox is there. Everything you donate now, everything you pledge now to the lockbox counts on day one of the drive. And we can really shorten this thing up and get back to regular programming fast come the first week of February. Number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. It's 1-800-348-2551. You can also tweet us at WAMC Vox Pop. You can go to Facebook at WAMC Radio. There is a Vox Pop post there. You can go to our website, wamc.org slash Vox Pop, and comment there. You can email us, voxpop at wamc.org. But please, if you want to, give us a call, 1-800-348-2551. Let's go to Donna in... Is it Laffelsville, Donna? Yes, it's Laffelsville. What, what state is Laffelsville in? Oh, it's in New York. It's actually in the town of Ephrata, which ah. is halfway between, halfway between Dodgeville and Johnstown. Sure, I got that. Oh, okay. I never heard of Laffelsville before. Sounds like a yeah, whimsical small. kind of place. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Is it? <laughs> it is. Okay, fair enough. You're on. Okay, well, this summer I've been invited to chaperone and document a mission trip to Ireland. And I was planning on using my digital single-lens reflex camera and doing some um, downloading, uploading, and blogging while, while I'm there. However, um, about 15 minutes ago, I dropped and broke that camera. So I will probably be using my iPhone. Um, I also was thinking about possibly using the new cameras where you can instantly, you know, upload the information to your Facebook page or something. But um, I was, I'm was i sort of starting from square one, and I was wondering what kind of technology I should use um, on a limited budget to document this event by sending the information back to the state for um, other people to see. Sure. Well, I think you have a lot of different options, and I think you even touched on some of them, Donna. Um, maybe having a Facebook page, for instance, dedicated to this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you you could certainly start your own blog or website that is focused on this trip. And uh, you know, I have a client. We're uh, our last caller was talking about WordPress. I have a client with a WordPress website who exclusively posts via his WordPress iPhone app onto the website. So it's yeah. cer- certainly possible. Yeah, I was thinking of doing it, and then I thought, no, I've got to use my big professional camera. Um, I think it's, I, I was thinking I was afraid it was a little cheesy to use my iPhone, but I'm telling you, I get the best best uh, document shot using it. So, uh, Right, um, it's, it's amazing um, uh, the quality you can get from some of these small devices. It is, and it's not like I'm going to be blowing anything up to, you know, portrait size or anything, so... Um, all right. Well, what about using a little laptop or netbook or something um, to do that? Because I'm using a Chromebook, and I'm having difficulty, uh, you know, uploading the pictures to the Chromebook and doing things with them. So is there, like, a mini laptop that would work to coincide with this task of mine? Hmm. We're skirting dangerously towards the hardware question. Oh, I, well. I think you could, but you know what? Do you really want to be lugging around something like that? No, not really. I probably won't even have the time. I'm going to be living in a tent in a sheep field. Well, <laughs> well there you go. Batteries. Well, you know, and one of, the, one of the great things, too, about phones is it's very easy to talk into them and have this phone recognize your speech and turn that into text and just post that away. Yeah. 
Absolutely, and just save that information, and, and then when I get home, formulate something. Sure. Yeah. All right, well, hey, that sounds great. I, I guess it's not cheesy to use an iPhone to document events. No way, and thank you for calling, and have a safe trip. Thank you very much, and come to Lapplesville and see our heavy snow. Lapplesville. All right, Donna, thanks a lot for the call. 1-800-348. I'm sure she made that name up. Uh, 1-800-348-2551. No, of course. We know Lafflesville because we looked it up on the map in the break. Our guest today is Cliff Rohde, and here, Cliff, is one from email. This is from Scott. I hear ads for services that clean up a business's online reputation. I've had a couple of terrible experiences with businesses. How can I post a review that will have staying power so that people will see when they do a search? That's from Scott. Hmm. You know, it's not entirely clear to me from that question whether the goal is to be posting a negative review or the goal is to clean up negative oh, reviews. Oh, that's a, that's a great... Oh, I think I think Scott has a negative review that he wants to be seen. He I, really I, wants to post. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, let's talk about reviews generally. Um, if you have an online presence and you are a business owner, a couple of things come to mind. One is you're never going to please everybody all the time. There are going to be people, uh, whether it's Scott or someone else, who are displeased with your service, and they're going to turn to online avenues to post something negative. Yeah. And so, you know, the question becomes, what do you do with that as a business owner? Um, and the the short answer is that you just you have to respond. If you prove to people um, that you're really live and out there and you're paying attention to what people are saying about you, I think that goes a long way. I think that people can understand um, that not everybody is going to be satisfied yeah. 100% of the time. Um, and at the same time, um, you should also be encouraging people to post reviews about your business. Um, it's best to make sure that those reviews are posted on third-party sources like a Google Plus, on uh, Yelp, for instance, Facebook, etc. Um, Google actually, um, in its search rankings, takes into consideration reviews that people get. And you know, if you get, now, how do you know this? Do you know the algorithms involved here? I do it's not know the algorithms. I read a lot about this stuff, Ray. Okay. No, so I mean, nobody knows exactly what that special sauce it's is, like, but yeah, it's but the there, Coke recipe. Yeah, but you know, there are people have done research to the extent they're able to see how reviews have an impact, and it's widely viewed as absolutely true that they do. So, if you are in a business and you got a lousy review, maybe it's not a big business, and there's not a huge clientele they're not not thousands of people coming to your your business and there's one disgruntled person who gives you a bad review is it better to respond as yourself as the business or to say to someone i need you as a third party as to do this for me um it is good as a business it is a good practice to respond directly to that review mm -hmm. if you can try to make it right make it right you may not be able to um but then also um yeah, you want to get other reviews that are out there. Now, you got to be careful with that, too, because you can actually get punished from a search perspective if you get, uh, say, like too many positive reviews right in a row. They are going to start to think that you're doing something funny. You should never incentivize people to post positive reviews. In uh, what way? A $5 coupon if you give us a review online? For instance, that, that runs afoul of uh, the, the basic policies of use. Or, it's clearly uh, not illegal to do that. Illegal? No. But... If the search engines find out about it, they're going to punish you. It's not immoral, even. It's just the search <laughs> engines don't like it. All right, here's another one, and we'll get back to the phones. 1-800-348-2551. Hang in there, Sharice. You're next. Here is one from email as well. This is from Bonnie. Uh, hi, Ray and Cliff. I have an artist friend with a website showing her artwork. She's not too techy, and neither am I. 
I've tried to post comments on that site only to run into a blank page. Can you recommend quality platform services? That's from Bonnie. A blank page. Boy, you know, there's so many reasons why you might end up with a blank page or just a strange page showing on uh, when you're browsing the web. Um, you know, I know this is not a hardware show, but I would ah, always recommend to people, you know, uh, first thing you ought to do is reboot your computer. Make sure that that's going. You can clear the browser cache. Um, you can make sure that your browser is updated to the latest version. Um, all these things might end up clearing up the problem. Um, but when it comes to uh, actually platforms, I mean, I, you know, I, I develop in the WordPress world. Uh, it's the most popular content management system that's out there for building websites, and uh, so. Is it flexible enough? Oh, yeah, it's very flexible. Yeah. Um, I feel like I ought to be on their payroll sometimes. All right, uh, but you're not. To up. be clear. To be clear, I am not. All right. Let's it's a, it's free actually. So basically, Bonnie, make sure you're up to date. Clear the cache. Reboot if necessary. And then call Cliff next time he's on the show. <laughs> Let's go to Sharice in Schenectady. Sharice, you're on. Hello, yes. Uh, my question is, what is the best e-commerce web design host site in terms of services for shopping carts, inventory management, customer services, abandoned shopping carts, et cetera? Great question. Um, you know, the, the options that are out there are pretty tremendous. Um, and I, I'm not going to say that... Uh, uh, that I definitely know the absolute best ones out there, best one out there. I think there are probably a lot of good ways that you can go. Um, I am going to mention um, WordPress again. I'm sorry, but I really do like it. And they have a number of plugins um, that are available to check out that are, are very solid e-commerce platforms. Um, and maybe that goes to that flexibility question you were asking about, Ray. Um, it, it really you can do just about anything mm. with, with that kind of website. Okay. Sharice, you want Excellent. to follow Thank up? Thank you. Okay. No, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Thank you for listening. The number to call is 1-800-348-2551. Cliff Rohde is owner of Goat Cloud Communication. And let's go to Kathleen in Sunderland. Kathleen. Hi, how are you? Hi, nice to have you here. Uh, my question is about um, trying to develop a web page on an iPad. I don't seem to be able to find anything that supports doing that, and I don't understand why. Hmm, you'd actually like to build the site using your iPad? Yes. Okay, is there a reason you want to do that instead of using a desktop computer? Because I rarely sit at a desktop computer any longer. Yeah. You know, that is a trend. Um, and actually, uh, web developers have to be aware of the other side of the equation, which is all the people looking at the web on things like iPads and smartphones. Um, you know, when it comes to design, truthfully, I'm an Android guy. Um, and so, you know, I would tend to use uh, a different operating system. But I, right. I know that for the iPhone, uh, there is a uh, WordPress app, for instance. A lot of these services, too, that we were talking about earlier in the show, um, kind of web building services like a uh, GoDaddy or Squarespace or things like that, you might want to check that out because they very well may have an app designed for the iPad uh, that would allow you to design um, right there on it. You know, I, I find it a little bit tricky sometimes because the typing. Yeah. You know, it's you got to type content sometimes, and it's hard without a keyboard. Not always. Well, I, ha I have a keyboard for mine. Oh, nice. All right, well, that's a good way to start, Kathleen. Thanks a lot. You know, I got the kids a, uh, a Surface, Microsoft Surface okay. for Christmas, and it's amazing. However, and we have a, one of the touch keyboards that go with that, when I try to do some web updates from home, okay. we have laptops and desktops and everything else, but I tried on the, the Surface. 
having a tough, tough time navigating updating things on the back end of our website, which is Drupal-based, Okay, using just drag and drop and the touch screen. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hell of a transition. I'm sure you can do it, but an old-timer like myself, not so easy. Well, you know, sometimes those smaller screens, while they are so great because you can just pick up and take them anywhere, um, they can be a little bit limited for reasons like that. Sometimes a keyboard and a mouse really can yeah. help out. All right, here's another one, and we'll get to Patrick and Troy on the line in just a moment. Here's another one that came in via email, and this is from Mark. And, boy, I echo these sentiments. Mark says, good afternoon. Once upon a time, there was MySpace, and now that's gone. And before that, there were chat rooms, and now they're gone. Now Facebook is popular, but there's also LinkedIn and Twitter, also Pinterest and Instagram and many others. It seems like what's popular today is gone by tomorrow. How can we determine which social media platforms will last and therefore are worth investing our time and energy? Mark, you could not have said this question better. Man. These are two great questions. I, when I leave this uh, studio today, I'm going to go back. I'm going to figure out the newspaper advertising question, and I'm going to figure out which uh, you know, uh, social media application right. to invest my money in. All right, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, it, it's hard to know because these things change over time. Um, you know, I was just reading, uh, this is kind of going back to that nerd side, reading the uh, Google's 10Q 10K quarterly statement, where they're talking about the risks involved in being a Google. And one of them is that, you know what? This technology can change any day. A better service can come along any day. So we don't know if we have a long-term viability here. It's it's a great question, Mark. I do not know the answer. So you have no answer at all. We know Facebook has lasted quite a long time. Yeah. And, and as we spoke, and I think this was before the show, Facebook may have crested, but is certainly still a strong force. Oh, it, it's a huge force. Um, you know, with any of these social media sites, I mean, from a business perspective, when I talk with folks, it's, you know, where is your market? W what are they looking at? And, um, you know, focus energies on the places where your potential customers are, uh, whether it's Facebook or if it's a younger crowd, maybe Twitter, Tumblr, something like that. You know, but it's not to say that there's not going to be this better mousetrap that comes out tomorrow that people flock to. One Now, one of the things you got to do you just got you got to pay attention to that. Cliff Rohde is our guest. What about Facebook ad insertion? It seems to be an awful lot of that going around, and I find it to be extraordinarily annoying. Yeah, it's uh, I guess one of the costs of using the service. I mean, I, Facebook advertising has been very popular from a Facebook perspective, meaning the company. But inserting as posts yep. essentially happens on Twitter too. Yeah, you know, people feel like that Twitter feed is their own. How dare Twitter do that? Well, sorry. Again, you're not being very helpful. <laughs> right, let's go to Patrick and Troy. Patrick, you're on. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for the program. <laughs> um, another old-timer here. I've got a website that I put together a while back, and um, now I seem to see warnings or get messages that suggest that uh, my current uh, format won't display on a smartphone or an uh -huh. iPad or an iPhone. Is that is that, in fact, true, or is that something I need to... Or is there something I need to do to um, modify my website so that it does display properly on a... Timely question. Good one. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, that, um, you know, and you would not have been asking this question maybe even two years ago. Right. Um, the, uh, you know, uh, that design element is what is called responsiveness, um, which is to say that 
Uh, websites today um, ought to be designed to be responsive, meaning they respond to the size of the screen. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a smartphone, obviously you've got smaller turf there for a website than you do if you're on a big test desktop uh, monitor. And so the, the, the website, the, the clever websites today, and it really ought to be every website, will respond to that screen size. So the answer is yes, you absolutely should be looking at that. Now, I don't know what system you're using. Is it possible? Maybe. Um, but definitely it's something you ought to do. I mean, the, the trending of, uh, you know, people who are browsing the web towards these smaller devices is just incredible. Yeah. You know, it was one of those, that question a minute ago about how could we have predicted or, you know, what can we predict? Yeah. It's hard to know. Um, but yes, uh, we can predict that more and more traffic is going to be on the smaller devices. Okay. Another question, if you don't mind. Sure. I, I got a call the other day from somebody claiming to be from Google Plus. Mm -hmm saying that if I don't get in touch with them, I will no longer be featured or, or followed or found on Google Plus um, by mm -hmm. the end of the month. And then I was invited to call them and talk to one of their technical consultants. Is that just a come on from someone trying to sell a service? Well, if you had spoken with them more, I suspect you also would have been invited to uh, give them a lot of your money. A scam? Chances are there's a scam. Yeah. I okay. mean, Google doesn't call people. I didn't think so, but yeah. I just thought I'd run it by you. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. You're thank welcome. you very much. And the number to call here is 1-800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551. You mentioned responsive sites. Will these then render mobile sites irrelevant? Well, um, I don't know. That, there are two ways to go, right? One way is to create a site that is indigenously responsive, meaning you don't really have to do anything, and regardless of the, the device that is looking at the site, it's going to change the site appropriately. The other is to design an entirely different site that is made for mobile devices. Right. You know, I, I think that it's the former that's much more popular these days than the latter, and I think that makes sense um, uh, in that... Uh, you know, it's cheaper, usually, to design that way because you don't have to design two sites that yeah. way. And, you know, also, um, it's not it's not duplicative of, of time, energy, but, you know, there might be some applications that are really I'm trying to think of them right now, and I'm having a hard time, but there might be an application or, me, or a product or service that is really specifically meant for people who are on their phone now. Yeah. And maybe they need a special mobile website. You know, that responsiveness doesn't really cut it. They might, they would probably be thinking about an app, too, right? Yeah. That if they need that specialized... Do you need an app and a mobile site? I, I think it probably depends. I would say in 95% of the cases, no. All right. Cliff Rohde is our guest. He is the owner of Goat Cloud Communication. Number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. We'll take a short break. We'll get back to the phones, back to the email and whatnot. It's Fox Pop on WAMC. For WAMC comes from Flurry Lumber, Route 10, East Hampton, providing advice and assistance for projects, small and large, items such as Benjamin Moore paints, hardwood flooring, Anderson windows, Trex decking, tools, lumber, hardware, flurrylumber.com. Upstate Divorce Mediation, specializing in helping couples who are seeking a legal separation or divorce, offices in Albany, Saratoga, and Catskill, upstatedivorcemediation.com. 
and Utica College, offering a Master of Science degree in cybersecurity online with concentrations in cyber intelligence, computer forensics, and cyber operations, utica.edu. Vox Pop on WAMC. 1-800-348-2551 is our telephone number. The email address here is voxpop at wamc.org. And a little earlier we had an email from Bonnie uh, talking about that blank page issue, and she followed up here. Bonnie's very funny. Guys, blank page comes up on my hand-me-down Apple phone 3G is what she says. Is it that much of a triceratops? Yes, Bonnie, it is. And I know because I just got rid of mine about three months ago. You got You got to get a new phone. I think that's the way to roll there, and uh, I don't know. Number to call here, 1-800-348-2551. Jack in Northampton. Jack. Hi. This kind of relates to the Triceratops question, <laughs> but it also also has to do with uh, with responsiveness. Okay. Um, the responsiveness you folks were just talking about is uh, using different devices and having a web page display properly on a phone versus on a tablet versus on a computer. But um, as a cranky old-timer with an old computer, um, I'm getting more and more websites that simply don't display or don't display properly on my browser, which I can't upgrade unless I get newer equipment. And, you know, the, the equipment is working fine. Uh, and like you said, and you just said, uh, oh, you've got, you've got a 3GS iPhone, you've got to replace it. Well, if I don't want to replace it, why can't the developers make their websites responsive to, oh, this person is using an outdated browser, let's send them to this page, which will display properly on their outdated browser? You know, it's a really excellent question. And good developers do design websites um, to render well regardless of browser. So backward but- compatibility. Well, backward, but but, so but they only go so far. I mean, it, it's very and, and some of the older machines, um, uh, like it's being described here, just have the inability to um, have a new browser on it. Or at least a lot of times, what happens is it's um, Internet Explorer, and um, so there are other browser options out there: Chrome, um, Firefox, Safari. Depending on what kind of operating system you have, I would always recommend to anyone that they get the um, the most current version of the browser. And but and, you know, but there are some older ones that just will not display. And, and there were right. part of it is because there are some uh, s- substantive problems with those browsers. Actually, um, mm-hmm. uh, Internet Explorer was kind of notorious for not following standards. Um, so some older versions, in particular, are, are worse. Yeah, my problem was with Firefox, but it's really because I've got a dinosaur of an of an Apple iMac, and I don't want to spend the money on a new computer um, just so I can do my online banking. Well, you definitely want don't want to do your online banking with a very old version of uh, <laughs> IE or one of those. You want you want an updated browser for sure. Well, I guess uh, I won't do that. I won't be able to do that until I do get an updated machine. That's a good plan. Or at least make sure your security updates are good, you know? Absolutely. Thanks, Jack. I'll do my best. Appreciate Thank you. It. Yep. 1-800-348-2551 is the telephone number. Let's go to Mark in Schenectady. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, 
I, I had a question about the cloud. Yeah. Um, I I have I, I have some. Uh, I'm into uh, communications, and I have some voice stuff that that um, a friend has put some of my things uh, in the cloud uh, under my um, radio name. And also, I have a business, and there's some things there that. Uh, uh, he's using the cloud to do that. Is that a, is that a good uh, venue? It, it, does the cloud actually work? Do people actually go to the cloud to uh, uh, who are interested in looking up specific things? Do they use it? Sure. Let's let's just pause for a second to talk about what the cloud is because that may may be a little bit confusing to some users. So this this whole idea of kind of cloud based um, internet, cloud based services is a relatively recent, you know, within the, during this past decade, five years. So what what it is is services apps that happen are able to occur on the internet rather than on your own computer. So a perfect example are. Uh, file sharing cloud services. Um, there are many out there, Dropbox, Box, uh, SugarSync. Uh, there, there are a bunch of them. Do they work? Absolutely. But I always caution people to make sure if you're going to use a cloud service that you want to do some due diligence about it. Okay. Has it has it been around for a while? Um, what kind of reviews does it get from people? What's their security policy? How secure is the website? Um, you know, not every uh, cloud service is the same, to be sure. So you just want to make sure you do your research out there. But can they work? Absolutely. Is it good for visibility for um, uh, for my my business? I guess is what I'm asking. So part of my business is is uh, communications, uh, radio, uh, you know, uh, television, and, and that industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm I guess what I'm asking is. Um, since it's a relatively new medium, is there enough exposure on a site like the cloud, uh, or or would I have to use the cloud along with other venues? It's just a uh, tool. It's just a tool. It, it, it's like a storage space that's not in your house. Yeah, I mean the cloud okay. is kind. Of, the cloud essentially is like the internet. Let's say, that's, okay. that's that's the cloud. So. Yeah, depending on what the service is, it could certainly either help your company get more exposure, depending on what you're using it for, or maybe, you know, it's saving your company money because you don't have to buy something to have in your office. So it's not, uh, so it, it's, it's uh, for, uh, for myself, it's, it's like an add-on. If I have other forms of advertising, that would be like an add-on. It's not going to hurt me. It, it, it's not going to hurt me, per se. I, yeah, I guess that's it. Mark, thanks a lot for the call. 1-800-348-2551 is our telephone number. 1-800-348-2551. And Mark in Albany, you're next. But first, let's go on over to the email. This is Cedric in Kingston. Uh, this is for you. Uh, let's see. Do you have any recommendations for setting up an e-commerce page and dealing with local sales tax in a destination-based state such as New York State? Great. Question. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And you know, there there are a number of factors involved at an e-commerce site that are a little tricky, and taxes is certainly one of them. You bet. Um, I'm not about to give anybody tax advice. Good you, plan. you need to talk with a tax advisor and make sure that you're charging the right tax. But is if the question is, are there uh, services out there that allow you to make that part of your e-commerce shop? Absolutely. Um, we talked about uh, WordPress e-commerce before. There's a plugin I've used uh, a variety of times called Woo, 
commerce. Um, there are others that are out there. Um, uh, but essentially, uh, uh, another issue is shipping. Um, you got to think about what are your shipping policies? How are you going to do it? Another is how are you going to accept payments? Um, so you have to make sure that whatever e-commerce platform you're going to go with, you're able to accommodate all the parts of the e-commerce puzzle. Yeah. Is PayPal still a a big way to accept payments? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's got competitors out there to be sure. Such but, as? Uh, Square, um, Douala is kind of a fun one. Um, they were really kind of leading the way. Why um, are they fun? Uh, well, it's it, it was it started out doing ACH, um, which like oh, automatic clearinghouse. I can't remember exactly what that stands for, but it's very low transaction fee because it's like using a debit card. Hmm. Um, you know, every time that you use a payment gateway like PayPal, for instance, you know you're paying some kind of vig to PayPal yeah, for the for the benefits of using it, but. With PayPal, you have a long tradition of stability. Sure. You're paying sure. to some extent for that. Let's go to Mark in Albany. Mark, thanks for waiting. Yeah, I have a, a question about uh, uh, Safari, and I've had this problem also with some other browsers. I did not have it on some previous generations. I tend to browse with uh, multiple windows with multiple tabs, and sometimes when it eases up and I try to load a page, it tells me I have to reload every tab on every page, and that seems to me to be idiotic design. And I'm wondering if there's any remedy. Whew. Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I was just reading about this recently. Um, not the Safari browser, but in the Chrome browser, there is a, uh, a quick control, which is either, I think it was maybe Control-T, which maybe translates in the Apple, Apple world to Apple-T. Again, I'm not really an Apple guy, but that automatically will reload every tab, so you don't have to go through and click each one. I want, I want to not reload every tab. I want them to sit there until I read them. Yeah. Uh, um, and not reload. Maybe not open so many tabs at the same time. I, you know, it's, it's hard to know about... Uh, Generations of browsers didn't do this. This is something that happened uh, maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, you know, I tell you, there are um, there are so many factors that can be involved in a failed browsing session. It's hard to troubleshoot without actually kind of sitting there and whether you're there in person or there virtually, uh, making it happen. Um, you know, always again, you know, reboot. Uh, make sure it's the latest version of the browser. Clear the cache. Um, and, you know, sometimes, too, just a computer, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't have enough memory, really, to, or maybe the memory is failing, um, to enable it to have so much open at the same time. What do you uh, think, Mark? I, I, I think that the uh, software vendor should give the user an option of whether to reload every page okay. when there's a congestion issue, when they give you an option to clear cache or something. Okay. Mm. Well, you know, I would say one thing. Is there a way that I, to contact uh, Apple to make that complaint? Is there a way to contact <laughs> Apple to make that complaint? I, I... Well, you know, I was just thinking that, uh, you know, I, uh, an answer to many questions or a place where I find an answer is to Google it. Um, chances are any problem that somebody is experiencing on the web has With been anything. experienced yes. Yes, by somebody else, and they've posted about it. So a very good point. A search. doesn't have to be Google, but Google's a good one. Mark, thanks a lot for the call. The number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551. Cliff Rohde is our guest. He's the owner of Goat Cloud Communication. And you mentioned the cloud, and we, talked, we took a couple of questions about the cloud. 
And is there a way, is there a convenient spot where some of these services, and there are way more than I know about, yeah. are rated? Are rated. Well, you know, I, I tend to do a search. When I do my research um, on, on a cloud service and whether or not it's going to make sense for me or make sense for a client, um, I will do research online. And, you know, you, you try to find information from a variety of sources, make sure that those sources themselves, or try, you know, do your due diligence to make sure that those sources are reliable. Um, but there's I, no but I don't know. like a Consumer Reports? You know, boy, you know, that's a great question about Consumer Reports. I, they report about so many different things. I wonder if they, I've not read it, but I wonder if they've done a thing on cloud services. And, and what do you use in general? Um, it really depends on the task. Um, there are so many different services that are out there. Um, a couple of my favorites are, I do use Dropbox actually quite a bit for um, sharing files with my clients, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, I use a lot of the Google services. Um, I use, uh, you know, one actually that I've recently found is called Asana, A-S-A-N-A, mm -hmm. and that is one for uh, task management where you can set up projects and work with different people and assign tasks and track What's them. Like and a calendar? What is <clears throat> it? You know, it's project management. Um, you can, there's a calendar function that's part of it, but it's really all about organizing tasks and what's got to get done can get done when. Um, so, but also, I mean, I invoice with a, a service called uh, Zoho. There, there just there's there is I feel a either a low or no cost service for just about every business activity. But if it's low cost or no cost, there's a trade-off to some extent. What are you giving away for low cost or no cost? That's absolutely true, and that goes into that due diligence question. You really need to research the service before you use it because you don't want to just be you know giving away the keys to the kingdom to some place that's going to you know sell them to Russian hackers or something. Exactly, and I'd be more concerned about things like encryption and and security. Yep. The more big business you do, the more you have to be concerned if you're putting a song that you just wrote up for your your buddies in in the band in, in Seattle not the hugest deal but if you're doing business dealings it's a pretty big deal and and so I get back to the question how do you vet these things you can find an awful lot of results when you search online in other words you have to if you want to do due diligence it may take you the better part of an evening to do it well it's true and and I would recommend speaking with your colleagues you know and friends I mean word of mouth hasn't completely gone by the wayside even though a lot of people turn to the internet first these days um, but <clears throat> there are all sorts of different aspects of, of doing research one thing you, you were just talking about race security that is a huge issue um, I actually use a, a cloud service for managing my passwords um, you want to make sure that you have really good passwords and that that they're protected um, but yeah, security is a huge issue. See, I would be frightened to put my passwords anywhere but in my physical possession. Yeah. Because regardless of how good that encryption is, there's somebody in his mom's basement somewhere who is cracking that code. Am I wrong? Well, I think you're right, but I think there are trade-offs with whatever system you use. You know, a lot of people, for instance, will have a piece of paper by their computer and they'll write down all the passwords. Well, what happens if you accidentally throw that piece of paper away or, you know, God for, for Fen, there's a fire or something and you lose that paper and you didn't have a copy somewhere yep. else. So, yeah, there, there are trade-offs every single way. All right, let's go to Renee in Campbell Falls, is it? Campbell Falls? Campbell Hall, right? Camp, yep, Campbell Hall. That's yep. right. Alan always says, mm-mm, good. Mm -mm, good. Um, <laughs> just a quick question. Sorry I'm calling from my cell phone. I do a lot of photos of my garden. Is, do you know the software program where I can write a note 
on the photo and save the photo by the plant. Let's say uh, daisies, and then I have all of those photos. Uh, uh, some sort of software program that would that does that. Are you aware of anything like that? Ooh, a software program that writes actually writes superimposes a word right on the photograph, or yes, kind of, sort of like like the Samsung Note. You can write on the Samsung Note, which is a cell phone, um, and you can kind of sort of write on the back of an image on the Samsung Note. But I'm looking for a computer software program where you can write on the front of the photo. Hmm. So put a watermark on it? What, is that what you're talking about? No, um, like just like, like you know, um, uh, uh, like a certain note of... This is a monarch butterfly with a little, like, like you have the photo on the screen and I can write, Right. I don't know if you would call it a, a watermark, but just like a handwriting or maybe even just the keyboard writing, this is a monarch butterfly okay. right on top of the image of that monarch butterfly. Okay. We're almost out of time here. Okay. Well, quick answer would be, I think, if you're, if you're looking to do this on the desktop, just about any photo editing software that's out there, whether it's free or paid, is going to have the option to be able to add text on top of the photograph. Um, really? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. And so okay. I just, you know, I would do just a search for uh, photo, free photo editing software. All right. Renee, you're the last one. Okay. Th thanks for calling. We appreciate it very much. Cliff Rohde, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Ray. It's been a pleasure. Goat Cloud Communication is the business. And of course, the website is linked from our Vox Pop page. But what is that website? It is goatcloud.com. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to everybody who listened in and called in today. Support comes from NBT Bank, offering trust and fiduciary services, investment management, and retirement planning for individuals and businesses. NBTBank.com. The Sweater Venture, East Greenbush, New York, proudly supporting fair-traded hand-knit items, including alpaca sweaters from Bolivia, SweaterVenture.com. At Baba Louie's Pizza, Pittsfield, Great Barrington, and Hudson, New York, natural wood-fired pizzas, salads, vegan soups, sandwiches, pasta dishes, and gluten-free options, BabaLouie'sPizza.com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Zachary Malloy, who was our engineer, Bruce Herbach, answered the calls. Jessica Blaustein Marshall is our producer. I'm Ray Graff. Tomorrow's program, we're going to talk about personal organization. Oh, I need this. Stay tuned now for a news update.